You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Here to the 10 of 12 podcast. I am your host, Ryan Gilbert. Today here on the show, we are going to be going through and recapping that one lonely game we had this past weekend in the Big 12 Conference. Of course, that was Oklahoma State and Tulsa. 16-7 was the final down there in Stillwater. It wasn't pretty. Uh, Spencer Sanders goes out for a majority of that game. He should be back soon, so there is optimism there if you're a Cowboys fan, but it, it wins a win. It wasn't pretty, but they do get it done, something that K-State, Iowa State, and KU um, something that they're not able to say after their first non-con game. So wins a win, one pretty, but give the Cowboys credit. Cody Nagel from GoPokes.com will be joining the show. He'll be talking about that game with us, as well as a little preview of the upcoming game against West Virginia as well. Uh, we'll also be going into week four here of the college football season, kind of previewing each game we've got coming up in the Big 12 Conference. K-State is on the road at Oklahoma. Iowa State is on the road at TCU, as the Horn Frogs are hopeful to finally... Uh, fingers crossed, you know, get their season underway after some COVID you know, concerns down there in Fort Worth. Uh, Texas goes on the road at Texas Tech. West Virginia on the road at Oklahoma State. Cody will also be talking about that one with us, too. And then you've got KU on the road at Baylor. And the same thing goes for the Bears. Um, that went with, with TCU. Their hopeful optimism is just to play some football there um, as, as, as Baylor was set to go against Houston last weekend. But that one was postponed due to COVID-19 concerns. But before we get into it here on the show... Real quick here, follow us on Twitter at 10 of 12 podcast. Stay up to date with everything going on around the league with the latest updates and predictions, you know, scores, highlights, everything is there on Twitter at 10 of 12 podcast. Be sure to hit the follow button there on Twitter. But without further ado, let's go ahead and bring in Cody Nagel from gopokes.com. Cody, how's it going today, man? Doing good. How are you, Ryan? I'm doing good. Thank you so much for uh, joining us here. Getting right into it. Um, Spencer Sanders, we'll start it off there. How is he, uh, how's he doing here with that injury? What's the update you got, that you got for us? Yeah, so it's being uh, reported as a high ankle sprain uh, for Sanders. I guess Gundy said this morning during his weekly press conference that it, it isn't serious. Um, he said Sanders is in a boot for now, um, and they'll, they'll test it out later in this week, probably you know Wednesday or Tuesday, um, and, and update a status later in the week and see, see how he feels and whether or not he, he'll be ready to go on, on Saturday against West Virginia. Moving forward here, um, Bullock and Illingworth were kind of splitting duties there at quarterback. Illingworth did kind of take over there. Um, do you think Illingworth is the man? Um, if, if, if Sanders misses a significant amount of time, do you think he's kind of got the, the nod here? Yeah, I do think that, that it'll be Illingworth. Um, you know, that's really not typical for Gundy to go with the, the true freshman. Um, he's normally gone with the you know, the quarterback that has the most, most college experience. Um, you know, Bullock came from the junior college transfer from uh, City College of San Francisco. Um, so I think that's why he, uh, you know, got the, the second string snaps there. But, you know, obviously the offense wasn't really working with Bullock, so they went with, with Illingworth. Illingworth. 
Um, you know, another interesting thing is, you know, Illingworth was uh, an early enrollee, so he, you know, was supposed to get the spring camp snaps and all that, but, you know, that got shut down. And then here this preseason, he was quarantined for two weeks um, because hmm. of uh, COVID, you know, the contact tracing. It wasn't necessarily that he had tested positive, but he was, you know, in contact with somebody that did. So he was forced to, to quarantine for two weeks and missed, you know, all that practice time. So, you know, he was, you know, behind on the, the practice reps. So, you know, for him to come in there, you know, as a third string there in the, the third, third quarter and fourth quarter, um, to finally, you know, spark a, spark the offense and and lead a touchdown drive was was pretty impressive. You know, looking at this game as a whole, wasn't pretty. You know, wins a win, but it was not the best of games for Oklahoma State. Do you think that was kind of um, their issue? Do you think that they're not that good this year? I know they're a pretty talented team, but um, do you think it's kind of that problem? Or do you think Tulsa's actually a, a good team? What do you think it was there? Was it a mixture of the two? You know, you got to give some credit to to Tulsa. You know, they're especially shutting down Hubbard. Um, you know, they held him to, to under 100 yards, and, you know, nobody's done that. And um, I believe it was 11 games that he had rushed for at least 100 yards. Um, but, you know, with, with Spencer Sanders going out, um, you know, early in the first quarter, you know, that kind of stalled any, you know, offensive momentum that they were trying to build. Um, but, you know, luckily for the Cowboys, you know, their defense was you know, almost almost perfect on Saturday. You know, they held Tulsa to – uh, 0 for 11 on third down, and we're one of four um, on fourth down. So, and and the lone scoring drive for Tulsa you know, wasn't as much about the mistakes that OSU had, but more of some pretty NFL caliber throws by uh, quarterback Zach Smith. Um, you know, overall the Cowboys held the uh, Tulsa offense to let's see 278 yards of offense, and the seven points was the lowest um, total for. Oklahoma State defense since week two of 2017. So, you know, the defense is, is going to be pretty impressive this season, uh, returning 10 of 11 starters. But, you know, you're, you're right. It wasn't the start that, you know, Oklahoma State was necessarily looking, necessarily looking for, you know, considering that they've got, you know, Big 12 championship aspirations this year. We talked about the defense, and you know they're coming back loaded this year. With the offense, though, um, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I think you know Chuba Hubbard. Um, he's a great talent. We all know that, but I, I don't know if he can really get it done alone. He's going to need some help. You know, we saw that last year with Wallace and Sanders going out. Uh, do you think that that Chuba Hubbard? There's any chance that he could just do it on his own? Because we kind of saw it this last weekend against Tulsa. That you know, if it's just kind of him out there without a, a quarterback, to you know, they don't have a game plan implemented there. Um, that they're going to struggle with him? Or do you think that, that Chuba can really get it done if, if Wallace or Sanders or someone like that does go out for you know a significant period of time? I think the biggest key is Oklahoma State's offensive line. You know, last year they were really good on, up front. And you know, they've lost a few starters from that unit, um, some unexpected departures this offseason with, with Dylan Galloway retiring um, just due to injuries throughout his career. And then uh, they had to dismiss two two uh two guys from the program this off season for um violation of team rules. So, you know, they've had some unexpected departures there and, you know, even on Saturday they had a couple guys go out with injuries. And, you know, they were playing as Gundy said, they were playing, you know, musical chairs up front just <laughs> trying to, you know, pick in place where to put guys. And you could tell that they were they were struggling. They were couldn't get anything going on the um in the run game necessarily and you know at 
in pass protection, they allowed uh, six sacks, which Tulsa only had 14 all of last year. So, you know, you could tell that they were struggling up front. So, you know, Hubbard's not going to be able to carry this team by himself as much as yeah. people want to hope for that. It's it's not going to happen. They're going to need to, you know, have a, a decent passing game and, and uh, a, a lot better blocking up front, that's for sure. Definitely. I'm with you on that uh, 100%. Uh, I know it's cliche, cliche to say this, um, but with the coronavirus and everything going on, you know, they don't have spring practices, things aren't normal. Do you think that that happens on Saturday? You think it's, a, what, a nine-point game um, and they're losing at halftime? Do you think that really happens if, if we're in a normal world? Or do you think Oklahoma State would have done the same um, if, if there was no COVID-19? No, I think if, if you know, everything was normal and we had a normal spring um, practice session, spring camp, um, and summer and all that, I think, you know, you would have seen a 20, 30-point win for, for mm-hmm. Oklahoma State. And I think the same goes for, um, you know, Iowa State and Kansas the week before, or Kansas State um, the week before. You know, I don't think you necessarily see those upsets in the Big 12 mm-hmm. because, you know, these these teams aren't, necessarily prepared as much as they would have been um, had we had the regular offseason. I know we touched on it here a little bit, but you know, overall, does this game kind of change your perspective of this team? But like you just said, you know, it's it's kind of their first game getting those jitters out of the way. Are you really concerned moving forward? Do you think they can get past this, you know, um, weird game? I know they didn't have Sanders like we've mentioned. Do you think it really, you know, does this game change your perspective on this team? Um, you know, I don't think it changes the perspective. I still think they're they're really talented. I mean, obviously the defense is, um, you know, still going to be great, and the offense will maybe struggle for a little bit until Sanders can get you know back to a hundred percent. But you know, I think it's still early enough that that they can you know get things turned around, and maybe it was a a bit of a wake up call um, to you know see the things that they need to work on. I think the biggest issue is just the offensive line. They've got to got to get that worked out and get guys in the right spots to you know give a, a good pocket for for the quarterback we focus on uh, on Hubbard and Sanders here talk about Talon Wallace and the day he had man that was you know he was just quiet in that first half I don't think he had any receptions in the first half but you know when they they realized that or he realized that you know they needed a spark and you know when Illingworth came in and I believe his first two pass attempts were um, just deep balls to Wallace. And, you know, they weren't necessarily the perfect throws, but, you know, they were in a position where Wallace can do what he does and goes up and, and makes a play and gets it. So, you know, he was – you can tell he's back to, you know, the Bolitnikoff Award finalist. I mean, he doesn't look like he missed a beat at all with that, with his uh, ACL injury last year. Switching gears here, West Virginia coming up this weekend in Stillwater – um, what are you most looking forward to in that game? Um, honestly, to see how um, Oklahoma State's, you know, I sound like a broken record here, but to see how <laughs> Oklahoma State's offensive line goes up against um, the Stills brothers. You know, those guys are two of the best defensive linemen in the country, and if if Oklahoma State can't figure out a way to to block those two, I mean, they're going to wreak havoc all day, and it's it could could be an upset. I mean, they West Virginia could go in there and, and shut down Oklahoma State's offense and, and come out with a, a low-scoring win. Last thing for you, uh, you think it can happen? What's your, what's your score prediction here? Uh, 
let's see. Are you talking for the, the West Virginia game? Yes, sir. I know. I put you on the spot. <laughs> no, let's see. I, I think it'll be low scoring. I think it'll be another uh, defensive matchup like it was last year. Um, I'll say I still think that, that Oklahoma State finds a way to win, though. But I'll say, I guess, 24-16 Oklahoma State. There you have it right there. I, th- I think West Virginia's got a good team, but I'm with you. I think Oklahoma State um, had their wake-up call. Uh, in their first game against Tulsa. He's Cody Nagel from GoPokes.com. Cody, thank you so much for coming on here. I really do appreciate it. Yeah, no problem, Ryan. Appreciate it. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling meeting new friends or just even to master a new skill but it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Welcome back in here to the 10 of 12 podcast. I am Ryan Gilbert. Week four of the college football season in the Big 12 Conference is coming up on Saturday. We've got five fun games of football. We've got K-State on the road at Oklahoma. 11 a.m. on Fox is when we will kick off our weekend. We've got Iowa State and TCU in Fort Worth. 12.30 on FS1. Texas on the road at Texas Tech. 12, pardon me, 2.30 on Fox. We've got West Virginia at Oklahoma State. 2.30 on ABC. And then winding down the night, we've got KU on the road at Baylor. 6.30 on the U. Real quick here before we get into those games, though. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at 10of12podcast. Stay up to date with everything going on around the league. So I think the first game you've got to highlight here, and we talked about it briefly there with Cody, um, West Virginia and Oklahoma State. I think this is the best game that we've got coming up this weekend. 
um, just because it's two pretty good teams. I think West Virginia doesn't get as much as you know respect that they deserve. And then West Virginia, pardon me, Oklahoma State, you know, you look at them. I know they played pretty bad last week against Tulsa. Um, that's a good team, though. They've got a lot, of, a lot of firepower on that offense. If they can get, you know, Sanders back, we don't know necessarily if he will be back, but if they can get him back, that should be a fun game um, to watch. You know, you look at K-State, Oklahoma, okay? Oklahoma's going to beat the crap out of them. You look at you know KU Baylor. Baylor's going to beat the crap out of them. You look at Texas, Texas Tech. Texas is going to beat the crap out of them. I think the only other um, notable game that can be close, in my mind, and I would love for these you know teams to prove me wrong. I think TCU and Iowa State can be a pretty good game down there in Fort Worth. You know, especially with you know Max Duggan coming back after his heart you know his heart issue. It'll be fun to watch. It'll be fun to follow that storyline um, and see what he if he's able to do anything in that game. He'll be active. Will he get the start? We don't know yet. Um, it's early in the week still, but should be a fun game down there in Fort Worth. But this game against you know you know West Virginia, Oklahoma State, this is kind of the game of the week, so to speak, in the Big Twelve Conference. You've got two, you know, you've you, you've got two different stories here. You've got West Virginia, who's coming off a big win over Eastern Kentucky. I know that's not impressive. That's not even a good team at all. But they still played well. They were prepared in that game. You know, they had a game plan. They executed it. They won big. Okay, I don't know if there's much difference between Eastern Kentucky and Tulsa. Oklahoma, I, I, I'm not trying to, you know, I, I get it. Okay, Spencer Sanders goes out after a couple plays. I get that. That's not something you can really prepare for. Having, you know, your third string, you know, quarterback come back in this game to lift you to victory is not ideal. I get that. I, I'm just saying here that West Virginia was definitely prepared for, for, for game number one, and I don't know if you can say the same about Oklahoma State. Okay, it could be COVID. It could be Sanders. It could be just, you know, simply a, a lack of mental or physical preparation for that game. It could be either one of those. But you know, bottom line, they weren't as prepared as they should be. I I know I just said this, but even if Sanders doesn't play at all, um, you've still got to be you know a little better prepared for that game against Tulsa. Yeah, you squeak by, you win the game, but it's two different teams here. You've got West Virginia coming off a big win. You've got Oklahoma State coming off an ugly win. I think Oklahoma State's the better team here, even without Spencer Sanders. Okay, if you give you know if you give Ellingworth. Some time to you know prepare and actually know that he's probably going to be a starter, which we don't know if he will be because it's early in the week. If you give him time, you know, you know get the playbook down, get on the same page with Wallace and Hubbard, you know, Mike Gundy. You know, if 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 they get that under control, I think that is the better team in this game. I think West Virginia is going to give them a fight. I really do, um, but I like West Virginia to 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 lose this game to Oklahoma State. I think I think the Cowboys simply have a little too much firepower. For the Mountaineers to compete with the line right now, though, is eight and a half points, and I think that that is a pretty good. Um, yeah, that's a good bet to take if you're a West Virginia fan, or even if you're a betting man. I like West Virginia as the underdog to cover that eight and a half point spread. Okay, that can change. You can fluctuate. It's early in the week. I know that, but right now, you know, even if this game is a two-three score game, and West Virginia, you know, finds a way to get back into it. Um, you know, they pull a Dallas Cowboys. I'm not saying they're going to win the game, but they can make it closer than it might have looked. Um, they might, you know, just simply be able to cover cover the spread with that. So I, I like West Virginia to cover the spread. I think 35-30 would be my prediction uh, for this game and, and West Virginia to cover that spread. Okay, that's, that's pretty much all we've got for that game, um, simply because we talked about it with Cody. Um, I like the Mountaineers to put up a fight, but West Virginia, I think, will be falling to Oklahoma State down there in Stillwater. 35-30 um, would have to be my prediction for that game. The second game we'll get into here is, is Iowa State and TCU. So it's a three-point favorite right now. 
um, and that line is actually shrinking as we speak, um, for Iowa State. Um, Simply in a line, in the aspect of betting, I think you've got to go TCU because I think this is kind of a toss-up game, a 50-50 game, and you've got a lot of value there simply with it being a three-point line. Okay, you're, If it's a 50-50 game, if that's what you tr- truly believe, and that's what I think, then you go for the team who's the underdog. Get, you know, get the most value out of that bet as you can. So, um, you know, we talked about it briefly there. Duggan is coming back. Okay, he'll be, he'll, be, he'll be healthy. He'll be suited up. Will he be the starter? We don't know. Gary Patterson really hasn't given us much information on that. You know, like I said, it's early in the week, but Duggan will, I, I, you have to assume he's going to play somewhat. You know, I, I think this might be something he's, he's a little bit used to um, with going back to last year with Alex Delton, okay? Um, with, there was a lot of preparation and planning for, uh, you know, for Duggan and Delton to kind of split carries or split, I guess, passing attempts, you know, splitting the duties at quarterback. Um, obviously things didn't work out with Alex Delton last season. So I'm not saying that it, this was Duggan's team before the injury, but I'm also not saying that it was going to be a simple, you know, two committee, uh, quarterback crew, you know, so to speak. I'm not, I don't know what, what exactly it was, but I think that Gary Patterson, um, I think we're going to see a little bit of both there at quarterback for, for the Horned Frogs this weekend. As for Iowa State, man, um, this, this really does determine their season. And I know you can kind of say the same thing about K-State and Kansas because they lost, but at the same time, I don't really see them having much of a chance in their games. Iowa State has a chance to win this game. I don't know who the better team is. I really don't. I think, like I said, it's a toss-up. But this is kind of the game-defining, you know, season-defining game for this team. You know, you lose to Louisiana, you get pretty much blown out. I mean, it was maybe a little closer um, in the first half, but you still lose it by, what, 15 points or whatever it was. I don't have the score pulled up in front of me. You get, you know, you lose to Louisiana embarrassingly at home. This is your game to turn it around. If you lose this game... You're 0-2 to start this disastrous season as it is with COVID. It's going to be a long one if you're an Iowa State fan. You know, they've got a chance to win this game. You've got a quarterback who's already got a game under his belt in Brock Purdy, and you've got a game, you've got a quarterback, pardon me, who does not have anything under his belt at all. He came back, Max Duggan, it said a few weeks ago he was back practicing with the team, but, there, you know, there's no live football for TCU, so it's like, you know, this game... It, I, could easily be a 20, 30-point win for TCU. I wouldn't call you crazy if you said that. On the flip side, I wouldn't call you crazy if you said Iowa State wins it by 20 or 30. Because TCU, there's, there's, I think there's two options here. They're going to come out firing because it's their first game. There's a lot of hype, a lot of emotion. They're going to get it. Or they're just going to crap the bed. It's either one or two options there for TCU. We saw it with K-State, Iowa State, and KU in Game 1. They crapped the bed. Oklahoma State in Game 1, crapped the bed. Texas Tech in Game 1, crapped the bed. West Virginia, they didn't crap the bed. They played well. Texas didn't crap the bed. Oklahoma didn't crap the bed. We'll see what happens. Um, overall, though, I, I do like TCU just because of the value here. I think 23-17 is my final score prediction. Um, certainly, I, certainly, I'm picking TCU to cover the spread here, though. You've got a little too much value to not pick them. Um, if Iowa State played a little better, then... <laughs> They did in week one. I'd be a lot more confident in picking them, but they just looked terrible, um, terrible, terrible, terrible game, you know, in week one. We'll see what happens, you know, not only with Iowa State, but K-State, KU, you know, these teams that, you know, like I keep saying, just simply crapped the bed in week one. It'll be it'll be interesting to see who can bounce back. 
Um, you know, there's not making any sort of excuses for those teams who did lose, but you know, there what there wasn't much practice or preparation or live football even, you know, at that matter. So I get it, but you've got to be better if you're K State and if you're Kansas, if you're Iowa State, you know, if you're Texas Tech, you've got to be better than that. You know, the the two biggest teams you've you, that that really need to improve from their first week or Iowa State and K-State, because there were actually some legitimate expectations. I know the media overall doesn't give K-State a lot of credit, but if you're a true K-State fan, that you know, you know that this team has some potential. I guess at this point in the season, I don't know how much potential they have, but you know, coming in, there were some, some, some real promising signs from this team. Same thing can be said for Iowa State. So that's a nice segue into um, the Sooners game against Kansas State. I like Iowa State. To, to fall to TCU 23-17 um, down there in Fort Worth. You've got Oklahoma and K-State. I don't even want to watch this game. You know, as a Wildcat fan, um, <laughs> I, 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 don't, I don't see K-State having any sort of chance in this game. Oklahoma State's the far better team. Um, you, I get it. Oh, uh, Missouri State, not a good team. You know, they win one game last year, and that was in overtime, so... I get it. Oklahoma didn't play a good team in week one, but they still were prepared. I mean, Rattler showed us that he's going to be a a real problem for some opposing teams in the Big 12 Conference. You know, if you're K-State, you're just, what in the, you know, you you look back at at the first game against Arkansas State, like, what in the world was that? You know, if you're, how are you going to improve upon anything going up against Oklahoma? I know the bye week, sure, might help them a little bit, but this K-State team will be shorthanded. Um, you know, like I, you know, there's been some rumors that this game might even just be postponed. We're recording early in the week, like I keep saying. Um, but if it does happen, K State, I don't see them standing much of a chance. Skylar Thompson, he 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 couldn't get it done against Arkansas State. What makes you think he can get it done against Oklahoma? I know Oklahoma's Oklahoma's defense isn't the best, but that's a better team than Arkansas State. So overall. I really don't know what else to say about this game. I really don't. I, I would love to try to give you some intriguing fact to you know say that K State has a chance. You know, we were talking on Wabash Station on Go Powercat. I said that Oklahoma needs to bring back uh, Blake Bell um, because he you know last time they played in Norman, I guess it wasn't last time back in 2012. You know, the Bell Dozer, as they called him, fumbled on like the one yard line and and, and set up K State for. I guess I wouldn't say set up, but you know, took away a score for Oklahoma. So K State's done it in the past, you know, 2012, and then I believe it was 2014. The second, you know, the next time they go to Norman, they get the win there. So, you know, Jake Waters and company, they they could get it done. Now, I'm not saying that K State has never beat Oklahoma before. I just don't think they're going to do it right now. Um, Oklahoma's too good. You look back at last year, Oklahoma State losing to K State. There's going to be a lot of fire in that team. You know, they want that payback. They want that revenge. I don't think K State really had much energy, much motivation, much uh, enthusiasm, you know, that swagger, that mojo that they need in a conference like the Big 12. They didn't have it last, you know, last week. And I know that I know it's weird. You know, without having, you know, a crowd or a limited crowd, you know, K-State had a handful of fans in the stands, but it just doesn't really, you know, I I feel for that. Okay? If you're Iowa State, you know, K-State, KU, you know, KU had no fans. Um you know, same thing with Iowa State, no fans. Um, it's hard to get into the game. It's really hard, you know, mentally to lock in, you know, and get your, you know, a big part of sports is adrenaline, you know, getting that flowing. Um, you know, Dean Wade here at, K- at K-State, his last game he ever played in against Oklahoma, 
He broke his foot, and they knew it. You know, right after the game ended, you know, they go to the locker room. Like, yeah, your your career here is done, unfortunately. But Dean Wade played a majority of that game after breaking his foot, and you know why? Adrenaline. It was you know Big Twelve championship on the line against Oklahoma, um, and he got you know they got it done. They win the game. Um, adrenaline. Adrenaline is key in, in in sports, and I think a big reason why a lot of these upsets are, upsets are happening is because. These guys, you know, obviously preparation may not be there, but just the, you know, the emotion that they're lacking with the adrenaline, um, nothing's pumping throughout the body, you know. So I think K State's, that's going to hurt them again this week. I think Oklahoma. I mean, same thing could be said for them, but overall, I don't see K State standing much of a chance in this game. I like Oklahoma forty to thirteen. Would have to be my uh, prediction for this game. Twenty-eight and a half points, though. That's the spread. In this one, and I know that my score right here, I predicted is is what 27 points. So, you know, by that count, you should be going with K State, theoretically speaking, with my numbers here. But I'm kind of backing myself into a hole. Um, I, I don't know if I want to bet on Kansas State. This is one of the games here that I'm probably going to stay away from. Um, I I don't you know. There's no chance K State wins this game, but there's I mean 28 and a half points. That's four touchdowns. You know, like I said, 40 to 13. Think it, you know. 35 to 7. That's a blowout. That's an absolute blowout. But they're still going to cover the spread. So, you know, this is a tough one. I'm probably staying away, especially with what's going on with the COVID concerns around um, Kansas State. I'm, I'm, I'm going to stay away from this one. I don't like, you know, necessarily one team better than the other as far as the spread goes. But straight up, give me Oklahoma. Um, 11 a.m. on Fox. If you're a K State fan, you're probably going to be turning that one off before halftime even hits. Um, next game we'll get into here, Texas on the road at Texas Tech, 2.30 on Fox. Um, same story here, man. Texas is going to beat Texas Tech. You know, the line the line right now is 18 points, though, and that seems pretty low to me. Um, you know, especially if you watched Texas Tech's first game against Houston Baptist Church, A&M Tech, state, county, community, you know, the team you've never heard of in your life. And they barely squeak by him. It's like, I don't see anything in this Texas Tech team at all. I really don't. Um, I, believe me, I'll be the first to say that Texas is overrated. Believe me when I say that. I, I believe Texas is, they are overrated this year. They're not a top 10 team. Maybe now without the Big Ten and, you know, what's going Maybe now, but in a, in a normal world, this is not a top 10 team. So while, yes, I, I, I'm skeptical on Texas, I think they're. Definitely have enough to get it done over uh, Texas Tech. Definitely, Texas Tech's not going to be good that good this year. You know, Matt Wells. It's year two in the program. I think they're still trying to figure things out down there in Lubbock. Um, and I, I think we're seeing kind of the growing pains here of every, um, you know, second year head coach. You've got Chris Kleiman, who we were really high on coming into week two. Uh, pardon me, year number two. And you know, look what happened in, in game number one of year two. You know, and I, I think Bill Snatter probably has a little bit of, of blame in that. Um, you know, Les Miles really hasn't been able to do anything in week two. And I, you know, I get that. He came in, inherited a terrible situation. Not trying to put really any blame on Les Miles. You know, you've got to realize as a KU fan, Les Miles was not brought in to win you that BCS, you know, that, that, that college football playoff. That, that's not why he's there. You bring in Les Miles to get the program back up and running, get some swagger around the you know the team, win some games. You know you don't even need to make a bowl game; just you know revitalize the program. You're not going to do that with Charlie Weiss or Turner Gill or any of these coaches that KU was bringing in. It just wasn't going to happen. So 
you know, quite honestly, I like the decision because Wes, you know, Les Miles can get the ball rolling. You know, I'm not saying he's going to, you know, win you a bowl game, make it to a bowl game, anything like that. But, you know, that's why you do that. And here I am getting off off track here. Texas Tech, Texas. I'm sorry. <laughs> that's the game here. Matt Wells, you know, it's year two. I think he's still struggling. I, and I've never been a fan of Cliff Kingsbury. Um, you know, with Patrick Mahomes, we look at how much talent he had with him and how little success he was able to produce there at Texas Tech. Um, I, I, I don't think this is going to be a game. I'll go 31-14 um, is the final there. Like I said, though, 18 points is uh, is the current spread there. So, you know, this one is kind of right on the fence there. I don't know if, you know, 18 points is a lot, but at the same time it's really not that much when you really think about um, what happened in game number one for each team. Texas played well. They were prepared. As much as I hate to say it, they were very prepared in that game. Tech was not. So, I think you got to go. I, if I'm a betting man, I'm staying away from this one as well. But if you put me up, you know, you know, a gun against my head, said, "Hey, make a pick," I'll probably have to go with Texas because I think that not that they're the far better team. It's that Texas Tech is the far worse team in this matchup. So I'll go. I'll go Texas, 31 to 14 over the Red Raiders, and I think Texas can cover the spread as well. Even though I'm not that confident, I think they can get it done. Last game here. In the Big 12 Conference, KU at Baylor. And if there is one game that I want to take a bet on, it's this one. It's only 16.5 points. I mean, I, I I know I pointed this out last week, and I've been pretty pretty you know critical of Baylor that they're not going to be that good this year. But I, still, it's KU. 16.5 points. Give me that all day for the Bears. All day. I mean, as of right now, you've only got to win by 17 points. That's two touchdowns and a field goal. I mean, this game's going to be over before it even starts. So, Baylor's going to be—they're going—they're going to be itchy. They're going to be eager to finally get you know out on the field and play some football. I know—I know that there might be some jitter, some rust. I think Baylor's going to get it done. There's really not much that I can say that needs to be said about this game. I think Baylor is going to cruise to victory. I think you're going to see that with Oklahoma K State. I think you're going to see that with Texas and Texas Tech. I'd be surprised if any of these three games are even remotely close by the fourth quarter. So West Virginia and Oklahoma State, as well as Iowa State and TCU, those are pretty much the only two games that I'm actually kind of looking forward to, if we're being quite honest. Every other game is kind of just eh. Eh. I mean, that's all I've got to say. Eh. So overall, it should should be a fun weekend of football. Football, this is going to pretty much feel as normal as we felt in the Big 12 since March. March 10th, I believe the day was, when we had, going into the day, we had Big 12 basketball, you know, at the Sprint Center, now the T-Mobile Center, um, and, and things were normal. You know, we, we played normal sports, we had normal life, and then, you know, literally during those games, they announced there would be no fans, and then, you know, the morning after, they announced that they're cutting the whole thing, so... You know, this will be the first time in quite some time where I think we'll feel some normalcy. I know we had games a few weeks ago where we had, what, seven games going on on a Saturday, but those were all against no-name teams. Even even though we had three losses to, you know, to Sunbelt teams, you know, it just this, this is it. Right here coming up this weekend, we've got Big 12 football. The first time in forever that we've had five games all between you know, interconference play. So this should be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to it. I know I just said I'm not looking forward to three of the games, but 
you know, we've got, you know, 11 a.m. tour you know, until, what, 10 o'clock at night. We've got a full, uh, you know, day of football coming up here in the Big 12 Conference. So I do, uh, um, you know, appreciate you tuning in here, um, whether it's on Go Power Cat, whether it's on the original 10 to 12 feed. Um, I, I appreciate you tuning in. As always, you know, thanks for listening. Um, and this should be a fun weekend in the Big 12. So thank you so much for spending part of your day listening to this episode of the 10 to 12 Podcast. <laughs>